Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe, and you're listening to the Tennis Podcast. Hi, my name is Grigor Dimitrov, and you're listening to Tennis Podcast. Hi, I'm Mats Villander, and you are listening to the Tennis Podcast. Well, hello and welcome to the Tennis Podcast on a day when shockwaves are pulsing through Melbourne Park. The Australian Open is in exactly that, Catherine Wojcicka, shock, because Roger Federer is no more at this tournament in 2015. In the third round, he's lost to Andrea Seppi in four sets, a man who had not won more than a single set against Roger Federer in their previous 22 sets before today, but Seppi played gloriously and Roger Federer played anything but I'm almost too gutted to speak there might be moments when you have to fly solo on this emergency podcast I know I know we're not allowed really to have personal favorites here or we're certainly not allowed to admit to them but uh, I think you have to make an exception for Federer because of who he is I think he's earned an exception to be made and uh, I have to admit that I am utterly devastated not just for my prediction honestly I'm so devastated that the fact that my prediction it's all prediction related the fact that my prediction is in ruins is is, and the fact that you're looking so smugly at me right now is entirely secondary that's how gutted I am yeah well I, I mean the, 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 the wider question is is it because of your prediction that he lies in tatters his hopes of the Australian Open in 2015 someone's putting that question to him in the press conference as we speak I'm sure yeah well I've just been in his press conference actually I mean the, the gist of what he said out in there is that he just couldn't get it going. Now, he was very sporting. He gave credit to Andrea Serpi. He did admit he found the shadow a little bit difficult that was coming across the course. He admitted that was the same for both players, obviously. And that there was that extraordinary passing shot on match point that Seppi hit. I mean, it was one of those where time stood still as the ball just floated around the outstretched racket of Roger Federer. And there was a question just now in the press conference, did you leave it, Roger Federer? And he sort of said... The way he hit it, he didn't really feel that he could that it was sensible to go for it because how could it possibly go in? Well, it did go in. But does a confident man that doesn't a confident man take the shot? I saw interestingly. I saw uh, didn't see. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't see nearly as much of Dimitrov against Bagdatis as I would have liked. But the bits I did see. Just one moment stood out to me, and that was Dimitrov taking a ridiculous 
um, uh, backhand, uh, taking a volley out of the air, swing volley on the on his single-handed backhand on a shot that was definitely landing about two feet wide and he dumped it in the bottom of the net and I thought and I looked at him and I thought Federer wouldn't have hit that but the the comparison is now now becoming clear to me that okay he probably shouldn't have hit that but it is the sign of a an incredibly confident player that he's I do agree with you actually and there was a more stark example in the Federer Seppi match a set or so earlier when he attacked behind a forehand and a backhand slice went down the line and f- as you said, regardless of whether it was going in or out, Federer would normally, he had the option, he would normally just pluck it out of the sky, slam it away for a winner, get out of my face. And the fact is, he, he didn't have the confidence to do that. He wasn't feeling the ball all day long. And in fact, he was, he was virtually talking just now as though, he, as though he was having a premonition that it just wasn't going to happen today. And he let the ball drift onto the sideline. And all the way through that match, I had a slightly uneasy feeling on his behalf he I hate to say this but he almost looked a little bit of an old man out there at times oh my so, gosh. I mean you know he's clearly not it was just a bad day at the office I think and he was just um he was just out of sorts but I almost saw him aging before my eyes I'm sure that the next time we see him he'll look sprightly fresh as a daisy and, and so forth but he didn't look like the man that has rolled back the years over the last 18 months and nearly won a Wimbledon title and thrilled us all with the serve volley Stefan Edberg type tennis he looked like the man from 2013 who was uncertain and who was losing to people he shouldn't be losing to well he never he never looked like he felt like he was in control to me the way I mean as much as I love to see Federer gesturing and wearing his heart on the sleeve on the on the court it's not the Federer you're used to, is it? It's 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 indicative of a of a man that doesn't feel he's in control of the match, and it's amazing on on Twitter, even at two sets to love down, everyone because we know Federer, and because even at two sets love down in the past, Federer is still the favourite to win that match because because he's because he's Federer, and he he's always got a spare gear. But today, looking at him, it looked like he didn't think I've got that spare gear. No, I think he certainly had doubts, but I think he was probably just waiting for it to click into gear, and eventually, sooner or later, it would. And I think that's what, what we were all doing. It, it was interesting that there was a, a tweet put out by John Wertheim from Sports Illustrated who said, you know, in the third set, he felt the atmosphere was not one of, there's an upset coming, it was more of, there's an inevitable five-set fight back coming. And I think that that is the general feeling and in fact I went I saw a tweet from one of the bookmakers that the moment he broke serve for 2-1 in the third Federer Federer became the favorite in the bookie's eyes even though he was two sets to love down that doesn't surprise me remotely I mean I, I five years ago Federer would still have probably been favorite before breaking in the third set probably still at two five years ago Federer would probably have to be two sets and a breakdown and a slam before the opponent would become the favourite I mean yes that shifted slightly because he hasn't won a slam in a while and he is the age that he is but still still uh, I mean yeah as I said on on Twitter people I mean I, I, I wasn't really coming to terms with the reality of what was happening until that last point took me a little while I stood in silence. I actually watched the, the full set tiebreak with Simona Halep because we'd just done a, 
an in, a one-on-one interview with her. You and Simona, right? Me and Simona. And she, she, she had bags of other stuff to do. The, the uh, communications manager for the WTA was desperate to wheel her on to get the long list of media commitments she'd agreed to out of the way. And she wasn't having any of it. She wanted to stay and watch Federer. And uh, as much as she was... Um, she had a poker face on. I, I think she might have been a little bit gutted. Well, I, t- I think it does show the impact that both Federer and Nadal have on the world of tennis, that when both of them were in trouble over the last few days, you suddenly see Twitter light up with all the other players coming on. They're all watching these two. They're all cheering for them. They're, they're, I mean, look, the, the, the effects that Federer has had on you here, and we are professionals who work in the sport, it is not unusual. I was in the press room um, when he was at Juice a, a couple of games before then, and he was trying to just hold on to his serve before it went into the tiebreak. A couple of games before, he, he very nearly went match point down, and he got a lucky, I think he got a lucky net cord. And the gasps in the press room that people were just, oh, you know, and, and these are people that are reporting rather than cheering, but that's the effect that this man has had on the sport and, and Nadal over the last 10 to 12, 15 years. They're, they're incredibly important to the sport. And, well, let's just relish the fact that they're still going, you know. And Roger Federer will come out. He will contend for Grand Slam titles again this year, particularly, I think, at Wimbledon. And, uh, and Rafael Nadal will do the same, particularly at the French Open. Oh, I've no, I've, I've no doubt about that. You're absolutely, you're absolutely right. I think this will take quite some picking himself up from, though. I mean... He was. He did a very good job to compose himself for press, but there were some tears, and and I love that. I mean, although it made me feel physically sick inside, uh, I love that. You said to me, you said to me, you know, why you so, you know, he doesn't need it. He's 117. What's the big deal? And I want it for him because he still wants it for himself. I love how much he still wants it, even though he's got 17. I love that he's in there crying in the press conference. Yeah, I, I'm with you. No, I get on. Oh, filling up myself uh, now uh, what does that mean for the rest of the draw because uh, I mean it does make things interesting though doesn't it I mean sorry Federer fans but it does uh, and the fact is that Nick Kyrgios suddenly has the chap Jaziri from Tunisia uh, to play later on this evening and then maybe Andrea Seppi in the fourth round to get through to the quarterfinals, where maybe even well, it's going to be either Andy Murray or Grigor Dimitrov, isn't it? So all of these players suddenly have this wonderful opportunity. Where do you see things going from here? Now that your prediction has completely gone wrong. Well, I'll tell you what. Andy Murray looked pretty darn good earlier, didn't he? I asked him uh, post-match. I said, from the outside, that looked like you at your best to me I mean I know it's difficult to make that assessment from one match but that that's what it it looked like to me um and he didn't quite say yeah I'm completely at my best but he was he was pretty bullish he wasn't he wasn't busting to play down expectations or anything like Rafa has been I I think he could see himself and I, I think he's enjoying the fact that expectations are I mean, obviously, there's about 50 million members of the British press here writing about him every day, as, as there always is. But relatively speaking, for Andy Murray, the pressure is ever so slightly less than it usually is at slams. And I, th- I think that will, that will work in his favour. What do you think, though, about him against Dimitrov? Because that's the big question mark, isn't it, now? Because Grigor showed some guts out there today. He wasn't playing very well, I have to say. I mean, Marcus Bagdatis was 
was winning the battle from the baseline a lot of times and and Dimitrov had to show another side to himself two sets to one down a little bit like how he did against Dolgopolov at the Wimbledon managed to come through yeah but those are the matches you win en route to being a champion aren't they those are the matches he would have lost a couple of years ago possibly even a year ago I don't know and I'll tell you what I think about it I I think I feel like taking the day off and buying a ticket to come and watch as a fan um, and interestingly, just, uh, just another thing that Murray said in his interview was that uh, he absolutely loved playing on Hisense because it's publicly ticketed and the fans out there are just incredible. He, he didn't quite say I'd rather play on Hisense than Rod Laver, but I got the impression he really, he really wouldn't mind being stuck out there again, which is really, really nice to hear, I think. Based on what I've seen, I think I'd say... Murray's the favourite for that match and I'd, I'd pick him to win it. I think uh, I think Dimitrov is some way short of his best just at the moment. I think he's fighting his way through. I think he'll make a, a contest of it, um, but we shall see. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens in that match when it happens in a couple of days' time. It's going to be on Sunday. We don't know what time yet. It'll be an interesting scheduling call, won't it? Because if Kyrgios is there, do they stick that as the big nighttime session match or do they go with, uh, now that Federer isn't there or do they go with, uh, with uh, Dimitrov against Murray? Lots of questions to be answered. doesn't really matter, though, does it? It doesn't matter except that Murray hasn't played a night session so far this week. He hasn't played on Rod Laver so far this week. And Dimitrov has never played a night session match on Rod Laver. So Stick it on, organisers. We'll, we'll see that on Rod Laver Arena. Maybe in a couple of days' time. We'll see how it goes. Now, just to, before we finish off, uh, we, uh, we have Rafa Nadal on tonight. We'll see how he gets on, how he recovers from uh, the, the couple of days ago match that he had, which was really so testing. But the bottom line is, Catherine, most of my predictions have been going fabulously well so far. Not only did I uh, uh, predict uh, Rafa and the Dow would come through that, which he did, and I wasn't at all worried at all, and same with Maria Sharapova a couple of days ago, um, Victoria Azarenka last night thrashed Caroline Wozniacki, just as I said she would. She did. David, this isn't, you're so, you're so classless. This isn't a moment for smug gloating. This is a moment for quiet reflection and mourning because the greatest of all time is out of the tournament and we should all, we should all just have a quiet moment before the inevitable, the inevitable gloating. But I must point out, it is, it's early days, isn't it, David? I had that smile on my face a couple of days ago and look where I am now, I'm nowhere. Yes, indeed. Do I get to revise my prediction? From what to what? Well, because I. I've uh, got nobody left now. Yeah, well, right? I've got nobody left. So, unless you want a week and a half of me with nothing riding on the men's matches, you've got to give me, give me a second chance. Well, I'll have a think about that. We'll come back to it in a couple of days. But I was very impressed with Victoria Azarenka. She was not having it, was she? I mean, Caroline Wozniacki tried her best, but there was nothing she could do. She looked awesome. She looked absolutely awesome. I still. I still think it's too big an ask for her to to get to the final or win, but um, I think she could go deep second week. I think she. Well, it's, it's Serena Williams is in that section, isn't she? And and who knows? I mean, Victoria Azarenka is still relatively short of match practice. Whether that will come to bite her eventually, I don't think it will. I think she'll go through and end up playing against Serena, and I'm not 100% convinced that she'll lose that to be honest. She's got a decent record against Serena, hasn't she? As records against Serena go, 
none, no, no one shapes up favourably against Serena on paper. But as they go, Vika's probably, probably up there, isn't she? She is. Well, it's been fun talking to you on the tennis podcast, Catherine. In this emergency edition, you look a bit more chipper than you did about ten minutes ago. It's been, it's been more fun for some of us than for others. I think it's been that. cathartic for us. Don't worry. It's going to be all right, Federer fans. He'll be back. He'll be winning titles. He'll produce it on the grass. But not at the Australian Open. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.